You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'll be your host this week, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. And we are back as a trio this week. And what a weekend we've just had. That leads me to... To my co-host Kev, who you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Go. Good evening, Kev. How are you feeling after the weekend? What a weekend we've had. My team just <laughs> lost in Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> no, um, I'm doing great, thank you. I mean, as a from a neutral perspective, it was an awesome Super Bowl um, to, to watch. Uh, even even as a losing team, I can appreciate it was such a good game. It's a shame about the. The ref call at the end, the inconsistency, I think it was a flag, but um, would have been good seeing uh, more consistency throughout. But yeah, just, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to our topic on today's show and uh, gives us a chance to look back over the past month or so. And um, yeah, we've got the band back together as well. So there's, there's plenty of positives despite the uh, Sunday's uh, uh, result and lack of sleep ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and with that i'll bring on our other amazing co-host matt you can follow on twitter at matt ff dynasty matt how are you doing tonight and did you enjoy the super bowl i did indeed ali i mean yourself and, and me we, we got to enjoy it as neutrals like kev said so the the pressure was kind of off us and we just got to enjoy what was really an amazing game to be honest probably mm. one of the best super bowls i think we, we've seen in a good few years so um, yeah, as a neutral, it, it was fantastic. You, you could argue maybe the defences didn't play as well as, as expected, but, I mean, you've got to give praise to, to both offences and, and how they performed, what, what the Chiefs managed to do in the second half, obviously what the, the Eagles did in the first half. It was just a, a brilliant game all round. And, and yeah, while I'm, I'm struggling still with the, the lack of sleep, not only getting it a few hours on, on that Monday morning and, and what have you, but, um, yeah, it was well worth it for that game. Yeah, it's not it's not great being from the UK watching these games up until what, three four a.m. in the morning. But <clears throat> I have to say, from a personal point of view, it was absolutely worth it. It was yeah. one of the best Super Bowls in in living memory. Uh, both quarterbacks absolutely smashed it on the day. Um, I was a bit worried when Mahomes went down, thinking that's going to ruin the game. But yeah, he came back with a bang, and um, just really sad for Jalen Hurts that he had to be yeah. on the losing side after that performance. I've no, not really known a quarterback to play that well in in the Super Bowl before, and especially be on the losing team. It seems seems a bit unfair. Um, but with that, we're going to talk on tonight's show, we'll be recapping players that stood out to us in the NFL playoffs this year and, and the Super Bowl as well. And also, because we're a Dynasty show, we're going to see how to approach them in Dynasty right now. So um, over to you, Kev, the, the homer that you are. We're going to start with three players <laughs> that, <laughs> that were in the Super Bowl. Um, who would you like to talk about? I mean, you set up lovely and then you just had to spoil it, that little dig. Um, I just lost the super. I'm a bit tender, but um, but yeah, you, you teed it really nice. I want to speak about the guy that, in my opinion, should have been the Super MVP. It's Jalen Hurts, um, highest PFF grade in Super history. So uh, I, I get the argument that he's on the losing side, etc. And there's only been one Super Bowl uh, MVP that's been on the losing side before, but what he did was way beyond my expectations. Again, he keeps proving me wrong. He keeps, yeah, just how will this world play? 41.16 fantasy points uh, in the Super Bowl, if we're looking at it from a dynasty or a fantasy point of view. And that would have been the third best 
performance of the season behind uh, one of Lamar Jackson's games and one of Justin Fields' games as well. So, um, looking back over the year, he was the QB one in fantasy. He's had a brilliant playoffs, um, but there's still room for growth in Hurts. I I feel Philadelphia was 23rd in team pass plays and pace of play. He proved to have elite efficiency as passer and as a rusher. Um, solid accuracy as well. So. Um, there's bits there that you can improve and there's already a strong profile there. The Eagles also, it's been well-publicised, weak schedule. They're in the NFC, which is currently really uh, really poor compared to the AFC at the top. Um, the defence, it's got a lot of players that are going to be free agents, so that's going to regress. Uh, and what this means is playing tougher games, playing uh, more shootouts, it's going to have more points, more ceiling to an already amazing ceiling and, and floor. Um, keep trade cut. I've got him QB4. Which, how the hell is Joe Burrow above Jalen Hurts? Um, <laughs> honestly, do not get that at all. I think Hurts, uh, I, I was risk averse previously. I think he's a massive buying dynasty. Um, <clears throat> you look at Lamar Jackson's season when he everything hit, um, his efficiency, his touchdown spiked. That was one of the, I think it was the greatest QB season of all time for fantasy. I think Jalen Hurts has got similar, if not higher ceiling than that with the situation he's in and the weapons. So, yeah, if you're getting him at QB4, that's... But if he hits in any given season, you, you've got such an advantage over the rest of your league, even over guys like Mahomes and Allen. You're going you're gonna to have them boys in the bag as such. So I do think the big genuine question now is, is in that top three. The big question you've got to consider is, is he dynasty QB one? Stealing, stealing my tweet there, Kev, that I put out the other day. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I, oh, I put that out myself. I, I put. I, I mean, you must have been reading my oh, tweets. Yeah. That, that must be why I've been sleeping. <laughs> but yeah, I, I literally tweeted out the exact same thing. I think he's got to be in that that tier one now with with Mahomes and Allen. And yeah, I put whisper. Is he potentially the the QB one in in dynasty? And to be honest. I think he is, you know, I think he, he could be the, the QB one in, in Dynasty. I was like yourself, Kev, obviously had that, I wasn't 100% in on him if he was going to have that long-term future in, in the NFL. Could he take that step forward as a as a passer? And and I don't care all this rubbish about the, the schedule that he had this this year. He still had to face some top teams. And, and I mean, in the Super Bowl, what he did, 300 passing yards, three rushing touchdowns, was it 70 yards um, rushing on the ground? I mean, that against, the, you're in the Super Bowl, it's the... The biggest game you can play in and he still showed out and it's it, like Ali said at the top of the show it's a shame that he had to be on the losing team because that was one of the the best quarterback performance we've we've, uh, we've seen in the super bowl for a long time so um yeah i, I think he, he's, he's got to definitely in that tier one anyway of quarterbacks and, and like you said even though you you've got him at qb4 on keep trade cut i'd be looking to pivot down off someone like a, a Mahomes and Allen. if he's going at that kind of range if you can make that move down from one of those top guys and get hurts plus a bit extra on top then i mean that has it's got to be the play that the ceiling that hurts has got with the rushing with the the steps forward he's taken in in throwing the ball as well he's he's definitely got a, a huge ceiling so yeah that's definitely a move i'll be looking to, to make in dynasty and yeah it's, it's all the all year is balled out so it's um it's been great to see and i'm happy to hold my hands up that, that i was wrong on him yeah, I mean, you talk about his performance in the Super Bowl and how it was just astonishing. To, to be honest, it's one of the best quarterback performances of all time. If you if you think about the context, in, in any given game, that would be fantastic to pass for three hundred yards and to rush for three three touchdowns. It's just it's pretty unbelievable against 
the Kansas City defense that has been playing really well towards the end of the season. Um, and yeah, quarterback four is it's pretty laughable. It's not far away, but I mean, he's got to be above Joe Burrow right now. Um, not sure how he's not quarterback three at least. He's he's definitely in my top tier now with with Mahomes and Josh Allen. And could he even overtake them if you think about where they are as a team? He's got them two elite wide receivers. He's got the tight end. Talk about Josh Allen. He's got a bit of a lack of weapons right now. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes as well. He's got Travis Kelsey, who's not getting any younger, still playing a fantastically high level. But um, there's going to be a drop-off coming sooner or later. So I think he has to be in that conversation for quarterback one overall right now. So, yeah, making a move down from those two or trading away at Burrow straight straight up for, for Jalen Hurts is definitely a move that I'd be be making. Um, I was quite surprised with the the tweet, the poll that I put out with the the, the Bengals stack against the Philly stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals stack won by about 80%, which did surprise me a little bit. Just I think that they, those two stacks should be a lot closer um, given where Hurts and, and Burrow is right now. Um, but yeah, that's a bit surprising to see. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, what an absolute stud. About to get paid an absolute packet by by the Eagles, so he's going to be as safe as houses for the next few years and in that great offense. So yeah, it really is good time to get on him if you can and, and pivot down from those two top guys. So we'll move on to another really interesting guy, a guy that showed up in the Super Bowl. Um, with certainly some question marks around him, but but yeah, gave a really good performance. So over to you, Matt. Yeah, we're going to talk about Isaiah Pacheco. He's a, a guy that we've, we've mentioned a few times throughout the season and. Um, it was really interesting, obviously, obviously being that seventh round pick. Nobody really thought, I, I don't think, that it'd, it'd be such a, an important part of this this offense moving forward into, into this season. And during the, the playoffs and, and the Super Bowl especially, he's, he's really impressed me with what he's done, obviously, in the Super Bowl. 15 carries, 76 yards and, and a touchdown while everyone's going crazy about the, the passing offense. And, and I guess rightfully so. I mean, Pacheco's gone under the radar with how good he was on, on the ground and some of the plays he's made. Um, and then just looking back as well in the conference championship game against the Bengals, 10 carries, 26 yards, and also um, being involved in receiving games, six targets, five receptions, 59 yards. And then divisional rounds against the the Jags, 12 carries, 95 yards, and a, a reception for six six yards. So really impressive with, with what he's done during the, the postseason. What he did during the, the regular season was Highly impressive as well, as I said, being that seventh round pick, I don't think we really expected it. So um, something that's really impressed me. He's kind of forced uh, McKinnon out of, a, out of a job, really. He was looking like being the, the big guy who's getting all the touchdowns uh, towards the back end of, of the, the regular season. But um, yeah, not really involved during the, the postseason. I think that's because Pacheco was so impressive in, in what he was doing. Um, really showing out that, that speed that he's got. Remember, he ran a, a 4-3-7 at, at the Combine and, and he's really shown that on the, on the field as well. Um, just have to get him that little bit of space and he's, he's bursting into holes. He's, he's making plays into into the secondary with that speed and, and that shiftiness. And yeah, I know a lot of people have been really impressed by, by what he's done um, on the field. The, the only big concern that I've got with Pacheco moving forward is that lack of receiving work. I mentioned that he had those six targets in, in the postseason, but he only had 14 throughout the, the regular season. So basically he got half of what he got in the, the regular season in just one game. And, and that's a big concern. I think moving forward, it's something you've got to be concerned about. I think McKinnon is a, a free agent this this off season, but I feel like that that they're either, either going to use Clyde Edwards in the receiving game, which is something that they've yet to really do. Or I think that they then look at a free agent, maybe that we know it's a strong free agent running back class. There's there's players there they could look at the, at the draft as well. But I don't know. Me personally, I think will they make that mistake again? Obviously, what they did with uh, Clyde Edwards taking him so early, 
is that maybe going to play on the the minds now a little bit? Why invest such high draft capital in a, in a running back so early after what happened with CH and then as well with the free agents? We've seen these guys that are getting paid big money in free agency. It sometimes comes back to bite if, if if they don't hit, if they don't have a good few years, you're stuck on that big contract. So I don't get why they would move off Pacheco after after what he's done. Looking at keep trade cut, running back twenty three. I think that could still be really solid value, to be honest. I know there's the, the risk, there's the, the seventh round pick, but I mean, we, we've made this mistake with somebody like um, Austin Eckler, obviously going undrafted, and, and look what he's doing in fantasy. And while I'm not saying Pacheco's at that level, I think we, we need to forget about the draft capital after after these guys come out and, and do what they do on the field. So, yeah, I think at, at RB23 is still really interesting for me in Dynasty. Yeah, it's an interesting price, to be honest. Um... I know we have to be a bit cautious about guys we think have done well enough to earn the job for the next year. Yeah. Not naming any names, but the New York <laughs> Jets spring to mind. Um, <laughs> but you got to look at Pacheco, and they, he absolutely balled out in the Super Bowl. Looked really good. They trusted him to, to run the ball, to not make any mistakes, and he looked really good. He returned that favour in, in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Um, so for me, they'd be a little bit silly to spend high draft capital on on a running back. I'd be surprised if they don't draft a running back with, with how deep the class is. Um, and again, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they did go for one of the top guys early on. It wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. Um, but yeah, McKinnon, I'll be 23. I, I think it's fairly interesting. I think it's going towards his price. I've seen a couple of trades recently for um, sort of early-ish seconds traded away for him. I'm probably not quite, quite there with Pacheco, but if you could offer me say a mid second to a late second i think i would pay that for pacheco right now and the thought that he could be the guy next year and then he's going to get a slight bump in value if if he is the guy again next year so yeah really interesting guy that could could go either way this off season yeah he had a really solid super i mean there's been a lot of talk of philly's defense run defense being poor but second half of the season once they got sue and joseph in there um it, it picked up hugely five yards per carry i think which is one of the best in the league. So for him to put on um, the show he did at the Super Bowl, and it, it, I was impressed. I think every running that he has, it's like mm. his pants are on fire, just he's <laughs> just off and um, just really, really interesting to watch with the naked eye. But I think Dynasty Wise, I have got the pause. Obviously, the draft capital, the, the pass work are still question marks for me. Andy Reid's not uh, a loyal lover, is he? He really likes to. <laughs> spread it about a bit um so yeah i think I, I personally won't be going in for him at that price i think if he was on a different team um if he didn't have that kc logo on his helmet i don't think people would be as interested as they are granted you have to fact situation into his his uh, dynasty value but yeah i think he's someone that i won't be as high on as you guys <laughs> Just a, a, a question, Kev. Do you prefer Isaiah Pacheco right now or Damian Pierce? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's off the cuff. Um, God, do you want to get punched in the face or uh, <laughs> kicked, in, uh, kicked in privates? I think. God. On neither. I, I don't want either, really. <laughs> Sell them both. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I guess I guess two guys in similar situations. You can't you can't bank on the the bad draft capital that they got. Um, guys that clearly look good this season, but 
could easily see their role diminish heading into next year. So you just need to touch of caution entering entering the off season and in trading away them them picks. And with that, we'll move on to my guy. Um, another proceed with caution with with this guy. It's Juju Smith Schuster. Um, it was Kev's flag plant for this year. Um, I mean, for all the reasons what I was backing him. Um, and to be honest, it was looking positive in the Super Bowl. Nine targets. He was the target leader for the Chiefs. Uh, seven receptions, just 53 yards, no touchdowns. Um, but really helped the Chiefs in the second half of that Super Bowl. It was it was he was going to Juju time after time uh, in the third and fourth quarter to to carry them up the field. Um, and and I think that does say a lot for Mahomes to trust Juju as a receiver to to take the the, the team down the field. Um, but if you look at the playoffs as a whole, it's been a bit of a disaster for Juju. Um, so he had nine targets in in the Super Bowl. He only had another three in the two the two games previous, and only three. Uh, receptions and total of 89 yards and, and zero touchdowns in the playoffs. He's actually the wide receiver three. If you looked at the playoffs as a whole for fantasy on the Chiefs, you had Marquez Valdez scantling at 10.4 points per game, Kadarius Tony at a measly 6.5 points per game, and then Juju down at 6.3 points per game. So um, we know this Kansas City offense. It's it's gonna Mahomes is gonna ping the ball about, but it's gonna go to different targets. He's not gonna funnel through. The same guy that's well, it's not named Travis Kelsey. Um, he's going to spread the ball around, and that's exactly what he does. It's it's a high-powered offense. We get excited, but the fact that Juju is always going to spread the ball about, um, it's it's pretty tough to to put too much stock into these wide receivers. Um, he's come out this this week and said that he wants a long-term deal on the Chiefs. I think that's that's pretty obvious with him just at winning himself a ring. Um, but the thing for me is when you look at this free agent wide receiver class, it's it's absolute trash. Um, you've got Juju, who could probably be the number one wide receiver right now um, in free agency. So he's going to probably command the most money. Um, so it's going to be tempting for him. The fact that he's already won himself a ring. Is he going to happy take take a lot less money to stay on the Chiefs or is he going to take an absolute pay packet? No, he's already won himself a ring. Um, he can go to another team and probably not have to win another ring, but he's going to run an absolute pay packet. So so there's that. Um, looking at Keep Trade Kurt, he's wide receiver 46 right now, which I think is interesting. It's certainly dropped from this time last offseason. Um, is that a price where I'm going to be back in? Well, possibly. There's there's a few guys above him that I certainly wouldn't be taking and um, that I'd like to pivot down to, to Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I think there's a, obviously he could end up in all an array of teams this offseason. You talk about Chicago Bears, teams that have got lots of cap space that wouldn't be great situations for Juju. Um, but we just know the talent. He's been a top 10 wide receiver before. Um, I think when you're paying wide receiver 46 prices, I don't think it's that bad investment right now. Yeah, we all thought that that situation in Casey would be good for him. And it's <laughs> it's not, has it really? He, he flashed in certain parts of the season and uh, did well. And he, do you know what? He got... What, three touchdowns out of Mahomes as 40, 50 touchdowns he threw. So that's a little bit unfortunate in itself. But yeah, um, just a, a really strange one out. Um, we thought this amazing landing spot would occur, and it, it's not. So maybe if he does go to a bad landing spot, he might actually do uh, a little bit better. I think that the price range it is enticing because I like his, his profile, I like what he's done in the past, that he's commanded targets, scored touchdowns. 
etc. Um, it's a worry that he's won a Super Bowl and he could potentially just go to the team that pays him the most money. But again, he is the cream of the crop in this class. Him and DJ Chark, either the best two um, in the in the in the in the free agent class. So yeah, you'd like to think he'd go somewhere that gives him a blend of being the man and uh, a bit a bit of dough as well. But yeah, uh, then prices. I'm still I'm I'm ready to get hurt again to be honest. So um, cheers, Juju. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's not like we weren't warned. I, I think Patrick Mills did come out and say, don't be surprised when, when I'm spreading the ball over the place and there's no real wide receiver one on this team. And I guess it was kind of right. It kind of proves us that, um, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have got so excited by Juju on, on this landing spot. We know what a high-powered offense is, but we also know how great Travis Kelsey is. He, he was always going to be that that top target on this team. He, he's had years of, of chemistry with Mahomes. So, um, Juju coming in, it was it was going to be tough for him to establish himself as as an elite guy in this offense. But I think, like you said, Kevin, he showed flashes. It's a shame that he couldn't string it all together for a long period of time because the, the situation obviously looked great. Um, yeah, this offseason is going to be really interesting as well, seeing where he does land. Um, I think it's going to tell us a lot, though, if, if a team does come in and, and offer him big money. Is that an indication that they, they want him to be that guy, a little bit similar to, to like Christian Kirk going to going to the Jags? If if somebody comes in and, and gives Juju a big contract, is that then in turn going to show us that, yeah, this is the guy, this is going to be somebody that's going to see a, a huge amount of targets now? Obviously, we, we don't know the landing spot. If it goes to a situation like you mentioned, like the, the Bears, where maybe it's not a, a super high pass volume offense, then obviously the ceiling is not going to be there for for Juju, but um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting this offseason. Personally, I think he should go into free agency and see what, what offers are there. If he can get that big contract, like you mentioned, he's definitely the, the the wide receiver one out of this free agent class. So he's kind of holding all the aces, really, and it's going to be up to him on what he wants to do. Does he want to go out and win more championships and maybe take a lower offer with, with the Chiefs, or does he just want to go and, and get that money? Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But like you mentioned, I think wide receiver 46, I think in terms of talent, if we're just backing talent, I think it's probably worth taking a shot at that price. Yeah, love it. I'll, I'll throw a question back to you, Matt. So, which Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver would you rather own in Dynasty right now? Would it be Would it be Juju? Would it be Kadarius Tony? Dare I say Sky Moore? Probably not MVS. <laughs> <laughs> God, this, this is like Kev's situation where it's like a punching head, kicking nuts, and a few other bad things as well. Really. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's if, if we're talking at cost, I don't know. Maybe this could be it could be my bias coming through, but I think Sky Moore. There's still maybe <laughs> I'm still clinging on to maybe that hope. I mean, he got that touchdown in Super Bowl. He's he's given me a little bit of hope right at the end of the season, but um, his bias obviously dipped hugely. Kadarius Tony is an interesting player. Does my Giants bias refuse me to to come back in on on Tony um, after what a disappointment he was with with the Giants? But again, he's somebody that's shown flashes when when he's healthy. He's, he looks great, but it's just that. Can he stay healthy? He's, he's struggled, obviously, with the Giants, and even when he got to the, to the Chiefs, he struggled. So um, I think just in terms of talent, I'm, I'm sticking with Juju. I think he's the one that that can be that that safer bet long term. I think he's, he's got that talent. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, can I have Travis Kelsey? Just give me. Let me have Travis Kelsey. He's, <laughs> I, I think I'll take him long term. To be, I think he's still got another three, four years in him at, at 33 years old. So if that's the window you're playing in in Dynasty, I'm, I'm probably more confident in in Travis Kelsey. Yes, good answer. <laughs> we better move <laughs> swiftly on to a guy that we all agree is an absolute stud and someone that you want to own in, in Dynasty. So over to you, Kev. Yeah, next guy that stood out for me, it's, it's Christian McCaffrey, just how 
how um, consistent he was, how, how solid he was in the playoffs. Um, 24.1 fantasy points against Seattle, then he got 17.7 against Dallas and 21.6 against Philly in a really tough spot when all the focus was on him. Uh, he was the offence and there was no game plan from Shanahan to do anything else. Um, touchdowns in all three games, showing pass usage, rush usage. Um, it, we, we know it's not the ceiling of old. He's not going to get over 100 receptions. Uh, like I think he had like 121, 31 season. We're not going to see that again. Uh, but running back to on the year, he's got his age 27 season incoming um, and keeps Ray Cut for him running back four. So um, people are still hiring him despite the age, I think. Which QB it is will be a massive impact on him. So Trey Lance, rushing QB, not going to be targeting the running backs as often. Brock Purdy, safe guy, check down passer, etc. will be a lot better for McCaffrey. So I think in my eyes, McCaffrey is someone that's a very risky asset in Dynasty. At running back four, I think he is a sell um, to, to get out before uh, he, his legs give way as such. Um, that he's took a battery and he's still a high volume rusher as well, which is slightly different to Austin Eckler, who gets more of his work uh, in better situations. But I think the running back overall is a, is a situation in Dynasty. If you've got someone near the top, pivoting down is going to be the, the way to reduce your risk uh, and get some extra assets. I think if you've got 20, 30, 40, 50 leagues, you do want some McCaffrey in certain spots to win the ships, but. Yeah, portfolio exposure. I'd be looking to reduce that this off season. Yeah, and no, I think you nailed it right at the end there, Kev. I think while we know the ceiling with McCaffrey, if he is fully healthy next year, I know he's he's going to hit that twenty-seven um, year old season, and and we do start to worry when running backs get to around this age and that inevitable cliff that that seems to come with the the running backs. But I mean, in terms of of ceiling at running back, there's not many that have got an higher ceiling than than McCaffrey. And like you mentioned, if we we get that situation of impaired it. At quarterback, those receptions are going to be there plenty. The the rushing is going to be there. He's going to be a key part of of the offense. So it's yeah, it's just one of them. I'd, I'd be looking to to move off him if I've got him in a lot of spots. But at the same time, if if somebody you don't have too many shares of, I wouldn't be rushing to to get rid of him in terms of wanting him to to win your championships. But in terms of of value, I think I'd, I'd be shocked if this time next year if he's still running back for. To be honest, I think. With the the class coming in, we, we know it, obviously at the top, Bijan's gonna he's already probably above him in uh, Christian McCaffrey in, in Dynasty quite easily. But I think some of these other guys that could maybe um, hit in in the rookie seasons could start to to get up there. We've seen it with, with somebody like Kenneth Walker. I don't think while he was great, he wasn't like an elite running back prospect. And and what he's done coming in as a rookie is put him up to I think he's RB three on keep trade cut. So um, yeah, I'd be shocked if it, just in terms of value if he's there this time next year, but. In terms of what happens, we, we, we play to win the the title at the end of the year. I think he's still got one of the the highest, if not the highest, ceiling in in fantasy. So um, yeah, another situation that's going to be interesting to to keep an eye on. Not really with him, but with the the quarterback he'll be playing with. Um, but yeah, a guy that I'm I'm still interested in, Dynasty. Yeah, me too. To be honest, I think I'm still really high on Christian McCaffrey. I think personally, I think he's in the very best place for him in the NFL on, on the best team possible at his given age. I think he's on the perfect offense where, all right, it's a lot of Christian McCaffrey, but there's also a lot of Elijah Mitchell mixed in there. There's a lot of Debo Samuel. There's a lot of George Kittle and, and Ayuk as well. Um, so I think a lot will depend on the quarterback 
who's going to be the starting quarterback next year as opposed to Christian McCaffrey's ceiling. But as opposed to the floor that he gives you, it's going to give you such a safe floor. And I think that they're managing him really well. So I think with the contract that they gave him was absolutely huge. Uh, he's, he's going to be there for the next few years. They're going to want to manage him. They gave an absolute boatload of picks for him. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm still still pretty high on Christian McCaffrey. I think you, you nailed it, though, in the fact that the RB4 ranking might not last very long when the rookies come in if they start to show something we know. As you mentioned with Kenneth Walker, how quickly he got risen up in the in the dynasty ranks and same with Brees Hall in the short time that we saw him on the field. Um, so, yeah, I think certainly right now I wouldn't be looking to, to sell him straight away unless someone was uh, offering sort of massive load of picks for him. But certainly in se- next season, I think um, he's someone that you can sell at probably peak value. Um, but, yeah, still still really positive on Christian McCaffrey just because of where he is right now. They're managing him really well and... I think his his injury past is is behind him. Hopefully. <laughs> so we'll move on to a guy that Matt is certainly still still high on. Matt, over to you. Yeah, I mean we let Kev have his his homer pick at the start with with his Eagles Jalen Hurts, and and I'm going to go homer, but not with a a Giants player. If you know me, I'm not too too keen on on hyping up Giants players, but it's a guy that. I've loved all offseason. It's Christian McCaffrey. I got the opportunity to talk about him. I had to, I had to take it. Obviously, the fantastic season that he's had finishing wide receiver 11, but um, as well in, in the postseason, what I did in the wildcard round against mm-hmm. the Chargers, 14 targets, eight receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. And divisional round, another 14 targets, seven receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Average 21 fantasy points per game. I mean, is proven to be a, a key part of this Jags offense. It's been great seeing Trevor Lawrence take that step forward, but as I mentioned earlier, Christian, with Christian Kirk getting that that big contract, he has been a key part of this offense, and especially in the in the receiving game, he's, he's been a vital part of it. And yeah, he's, he's been immense. He's, he's been played in that position we've been crying out for. He's been that slot machine. Seventy eight percent of his routes have been in in the slot. And to be honest, talking slot machines, you've hit the jackpot if if you've had Christian Kirk <laughs> because he's definitely rewarded. Finishing as I said, wide receiver eleven. Um, looking forward to, to next year. There's going to be a lot of talk about Calvin Ridley coming back in into this offense, and, and is that in turn going to affect Christian Kirk? I think I've mentioned I'm, I'm not massively concerned about Calvin Ridley. I think it, there's a lot of question marks still with with him. It's been basically two years now, is it, since he, he played football? He's going to be, I think, 29 years old going into into next year. So it's not like he's one of these young guys that is, is fresh and ready to go. He's somebody that's not been on the field too much. I'm getting up there in age, so. Um, well, I do think Ridley's got potentially, it could definitely hit. I'm not saying he's he's not going to hit, but I just feel like Christian Kirk and what he's done, the fact that he is that easy option for, for Trevor <clears> Lawrence. And I think he's going to continue to see plenty of targets. And it's kind of going to be a little bit like that Keenan Allen, that, that slot wide receiver that in PPR, you're going to absolutely fall in love with him because he's going to see the ball plenty. The Jags are going to continue to throw the ball plenty. And keep Trey Cook currently going wide receiver 29. And I think that's a bit disrespectful, to be honest. I mean, somebody that's just finished wide receiver 11 and... Um, being a, a low end wide receiver one, and you're able to pick him up as a what's that like a mid wide receiver three? I think that's yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that, and it could potentially go even lower, as I say, with with Ridley as the hype starts to build during the off season. Maybe the Jags look for another piece as well. We know that in terms of wide receivers beyond these two guys, that they've had say Jones, who's who's looked great, but is he going to be a long term answer for them? Maybe they do look to bring in another weapon. So there's potential there that, that the value could drop even more during the off season. But even at that price, wide receiver twenty nine, I'm happy to pay that. Yeah, I think you made a great argument. To be honest, um, a lot of a lot of question marks on this team in terms of 
Calvin Ridley coming in and everyone just remembers the Calvin Ridley at, on the Falcons that he looked an absolute stud and was look, starting to look at looking to put it all together before he he had his problems. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't just see Ridley coming in and just absolutely dominating the target share. Um, I do think Christian Kirk they obviously paid him handsomely last off season. I think he's still going to be the guy there in Jacksonville. Um, you've got question marks on Evan Ingram. Are they going to pay Evan Ingram to keep him at the at, on the team? So I think. There's a lot of question marks on this team, and the one uh, common feature is is Christian Kirk, who who had a fantastic season this year, looked really good. Um, Trevor Lawrence took a, a big step; he can take another step next year and get himself into that elite tier. And and with it, I think Christian Kirk comes with him. So that wide receiver 29 is is a fair price to pay right now, I think. And as you mentioned, Matt, I think that will drop as well as we get the rookies come into the into the fray and. People like Calvin Ridley, his value is going to come up as we get closer to the season. So yeah, that his his that wide receiver twenty nine could drop to say the mid thirties to late maybe the late thirties, um, and that's certainly a price that I'll be enticed at. Yeah, I'll be careful what I say because Matt will be bullying me in my in my DMs if I'm too harsh on on Kirk. But um, he's had a great season. He's uh, proven to be right in the sense of getting paid and performing. A lot of people are against the Jags moves. Uh, in the uh, in the off season to pay these two wide receivers who both smashed it him and Zay. Um I, I do worry about Ridley because we've seen what he can be. Will he come back and be that same person in a, a new offense? Who knows? But um when he was in Atlanta he was the main man. Um so he proved he could handle it. Big question with Kirk for me is if he's getting 20, 30 less targets over the year, can he sustain and become more efficient does the offense continue to grow um i think where he's valued it's probably about right for me i i, I like him at that cost but i do agree i think with the ridley hype um depending what happens with evan ingram as well because you know i'm a big evan ingram fan <laughs> um i think his value could drop even lower it could be by receiver 40 which again that makes it really really interesting because it's a great offense it's an elite qb in the making um so yeah kirk's one to keep your tabs on um he's someone that you can go after but maybe if you hold off and have a bit of that brave juice you might get him even cheaper yep correct we'll we'll move on to to my pick now and a guy that's gonna be a really really interesting off season for this guy it's it's brocky brock purdy the the 49ers quarterback that came in and Finished third place in his limited games in Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I think had he been in there a bit longer, I think he would have been nailed on to win that um, if he was in there a bit longer. But <laughs> but yeah, Brock Purdy came in, obviously, when, when Jimmy G got injured, a guy that I'd personally not done much scouting on whatsoever, so didn't know anything about him. Picked him up a couple of places on the waiver wire. And, um, yeah, certainly certainly a valuable piece in, in uh, Dynasty right now. And in the regular season, he did look he looked really good. 13 touchdowns, four interceptions um, for the 49ers. Yeah, a lot of people do say that it's probably one of the easiest team, easiest positions to, to play, that 49ers quarterback position, because you've got pro bowls left, right and centre. You've got see, George Kittle, Ayuk, Debo and Christian McCaffrey lighting the load on you. But just the fact that he was productive in this offense. So he, he, was, he had two passing touchdowns in, in every single game that he played in. Uh, in the playoffs, he had the three touchdowns and, and no picks, so he was really limiting the mistakes and driving the 49ers forward before, obviously, he had that 
horrific injury. Um, and he was the second highest quarterback rating only behind Mahomes in the playoffs. So, so there's that as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be an incredibly interested off season for, for Brock Purdy. Um, the future, obviously the, the question mark is Trey Lance has not shown us hardly anything yet. Um, it's going to be going into his third year. He's currently injured as well. Um, Personally, I think there's going to be a quarterback battle brewing this offseason. Um, Trey Lance's recovery is ahead of Brock Purdy, so he's going to get a step up on him. Um, I personally still think Trey Lance has, has got that job, but then you, you listen to some of the 49ers players and, and they want Brock Purdy to, to have that role next season. So it's going to be incredibly interesting. One of these guys is going to be a big winner and one of these guys is going to be a, a massive loser. Um and then just look at Dynasty's his value-wise. I've seen quite a few trades recently where he's been traded for a second-round pick. Um, personally, I think that's... If you've got multiple second-round picks, maybe, then perhaps it's worth a, a little gamble on, on Brock Purdy if he does secure that um, quarterback one position for the team. His value is going to be a lot higher than that. It's going to be worth a first-plus. So so maybe it's worth the gamble right now and on keep trade cut. He's, he's quarterback 23, so... It really is closing closing in rapidly on Trey Lance. He's dropped to quarterback 14, um, although he's actually picked up a bit of value um, as he's getting closer to, to coming back onto the field. Um, so, yeah, I think whichever quarterback gets the nod this offseason, it, it's going to be a, a big rise in value when you factor in the weapons that the 49ers have got. Um, yeah, so, boys, I've got a question for you. So, at cost right now, which would you rather buy? Would it be Trey Lance at quarterback 14 or would it be Brock Purdy at quarterback 23? I mean, you know, I'm a Brocky fan. Um, <laughs> and when when Lance was coming in, I had him QB3 behind Fields and, and Lawrence, which was correct, by the way, if you check out Keep Trey Cut right now. Um, <laughs> but it would have to be Trey Lance just because I think um, that... Both these guys, Purdy and Lance, are on rookie deals. Um, so there's no rush to move one of them in a trade. I think you're going to keep them both. It's going to be messy, um, but I'd be just playing for ceiling, really, the fact that I think when Lance does get the opportunity with the 49ers or another team, he has got potential ceiling to reach guys that I've mentioned, like Fields, Jackson, Hurts, that is in his range of outcomes. It's it's unlikely because they have looked pretty class, to be fair. But yeah, I'll go Anson. Sorry, Brock. <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I'd have put my house on you going for, for Brock Purdy with how much you've been uh, hyping him up. Um, but yeah, I, I fully agree with the reasons that you, you laid out. Obviously, I should have known with you being such a smart guy, Kev, that you had laid out the good reasons. And yeah, I think it's that ceiling that, that Trey Lance has got. It's something that, that's nowhere near the, the realms of possibility for, for Brock Purdy. I think he's more of a low-end QB1 maybe at best. I know he's shown a, a couple of games where he's finished as a, a mid-QB1, but I think overall throughout the, the course of the season, he's probably going to be that low-end QB1 kind of safe. We, we know that the weapons that he's got can can help him. Somebody like Debo Samuel can can basically put up the points for him in, in fantasy. Doesn't really have to do a great deal. He can just do a short pass and, and be able to do the rest when he's got the ball in his hands. But um yeah, Trey Lance and, and that's saying what he's got with the, the rushing is something I'd rather take the, the gamble on. They're both gamblers anyway. So if I'm gambling, I might as well pay that little bit more. And I don't think that the range between them, what's that QB 23 to QB 14, it's not really big enough for me to say, well, you've got to pay far more to, to get Lance than, than Brock Purdy. I think 
well, we have got to pay more, obviously, to, to get Lance. It's not a, a huge deal more. And with the potential ceiling that he's got, I'm more tempted to to go in for, for Trey Lance. And I think it's going to be interesting as well. If Brock Purdy does win that job, I feel like they can't just keep Trey Lance and just, just hold on to him. If, if they go in with Brock Purdy, they're kind of committing to him. Um, and they're going to want to get something back for, for the huge investment they made on Lance. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded if, if Purdy does win the job. And then you've got a new shot, a new offense where he's going to be the starting quarterback anyway. So, um, yeah, I'd take the, the ceiling of Lance. But just going back to Brock Purdy, what he's done has been amazing. Like you mentioned, Ali, somebody that I didn't really look too much into. Um, now that he had little little glimmers, I think, uh, a couple of years ago, um, the, the, the season before it, it was coming into to the NFL and, um, kind of showed flashes, but not really somebody that I don't think anyone was really talking about coming into into his rookie season and, and before the NFL draft either. So, um, yeah, to to do what he's done has, has been amazing. I think that the situation obviously helped him out being on the 49ers and, and that scheme that they've got is obviously quite quarterback friendly, but at the same time, you've still got to go out there and, and do something. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really impressive and, and I'll probably be looking to to cash in on him at that range of, of pricing because he is somebody that could easily fall off and it might be somebody that, that hardly plays a snap in the NFL again after this season if Lance does take that role, that job forward because I don't think it's going to be too many teams going out to to acquire a, a Brock Purdy in, in the NFL despite what he's, he's done this year. And just one last thing on Purdy, like you, you've, in Dynasty you're going to have him as, your, as like a really bad QB2 or a, a really good mm. QB3, that sort of range. In a QB3 of Purdy's nature, someone that's a, a game manager, a safe floor guy, the main thing you're looking for is job security. And yeah. he's not got that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a, you're paying for someone to be safe and secure and a, a long-term asset. And he might not even start the 49ers or land on another team ever again. Like it, it was a seventh round pick. Uh, I can't imagine he's got a, a hefty trademark in, in real life. So, so yeah. Definitely Trey Lance, but I do like Purdy for his uh, his little run he had, and um, yeah, to help a, a lot of teams this season progress. Yeah, well summed up there, Kev, and we're going to go over to you and a guy that's definitely got job security, but but for what team? <laughs> well, um, it, it, it's Daniel Jones, and it's it's got to be the Giants, and it really. <laughs> but I'll get on to that. Um, really impressed with Daniel Jones against the Vikings in the playoffs. Um, 27.8 fantasy points, 300 passing yards, uh, 78 rushing yards. Fantasy gold, that really just, uh, it was less impressive against the Eagles, but we'll we'll sweep it under the carpet. I think um, the playoff win for the Giants in a rebuild, that means he, he can't be going anywhere. They can't move off him, in my opinion, after um, doing, doing that. I think short-term deal, a couple of years, or a tag is incoming, um, probably a short-term deal. I think the fact that the weapons are poor and he's only just in this system with A-ball are really positive for him. Uh, there's plenty of growth there. I've still got concerns as him being a low A-dot passer, someone that's really needed to be efficient to, to put up them numbers, no huge splash, splash plays as such. Um, but yeah, one year of excellent production. I, I don't want to suggest that Daniel Jones will be this guy I'm going to mention, but when I dug a little bit deep and looked at guys that were rushing QBs, had one QB one season, and then were nothing. It got me thinking of Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> now, <laughs> look, at, look at the stats. Um, yeah. I think 
it is being harsh on Jones because this is a new situation. He's done fantastic. I think he's definitely a better player than Mitch Trubisky. Um, both real life and fantasy in my eyes, but yeah, that is in his range of outcomes, Mitch Trubisky. So I think he's a risky asset. Um, if you believe in Jones, he's got to be in that range with Dak, Tua and Trey Lance, uh, in my eyes, I think. If things fall his way, I would prefer him to Dak Prescott in a lot of situations. Um, that's not going to sit well with people that base the decisions on real life, but you look at his fantasy, his rushing upside, the system, what he's done, the things I mentioned about weapons, etc. It's he should be going in that range. You, you don't have to take him before dacking your starts, but um, you can pivot and get extra, like like we, like we say. So I think Daniel Jones is a leap of faith, but it could be worth it if things fall his way. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a leap of faith. Now, obviously, I've got to be. I've got, I've got. I'm obviously a Giants fan. I've, I've I've got that little bit of affection towards him being a, a Giants fan, but at the same time. Like I've mentioned, we, we've had this season. He's obviously been fantastic, but you can't just overlook what he's done the, the first three years in, in the NFL. Didn't look great at all. I mean, the, the situation's obviously not been brilliant for him ever since he came in into the NFL. But even going back further to his, his college career, he wasn't exactly a, a standout quarterback in, in college. A lot of people were were shocked when we took him as early as we did in, in the first round. Um, even though it wasn't early first round, people were still surprised that we we took him where we did. So it's not like he's he's got years of, of college production and and then coming into the NFL and struggling. He's something that's not really been amazing throughout his college or NFL career. But then what he's done this year has been massively impressive. But I mean, if you put in two and two together, we're going to assume then it, it's the coaching staff and what Brian Dable's coming in and, and what he's done and what he's brought to this offense. That's got to play a massive part in what Dion Jones has been able to do. He's not just done Space Jam, got this magic ball of, of all these elite players and, and turned into this amazing talent overnight. A huge part of it has got to be the coaching staff and what we've done um, with, with getting Brian Dable in. So um, I'm personally not 100% in on him. I think what he's done, he's definitely taken a step forward, but um, I don't believe that he's turned into this now awesome quarterback that's going to lead us to the Super Bowl. I, I, I think we spoke about it, Kev, when we joined the guys on, on the Rewind show. They were kind of pressing me about Daniel Jones. Hannah kept pressing me, asking me about what was going to happen with Jones. I, I keep saying it. I want him to repay the faith a little bit, maybe take a little bit less money than what he's demanding and, and give us that short-term contract and let's put some weapons around him and, and see what he can do if we can get in a couple of solid wide receivers, maybe one elite wide receiver and a, and a few rookies or whatever. It's, it's got to help him out. And then, and then in terms of fantasy, what he can do, it, it's going to massively improve that as well. So um, like I've mentioned, it's definitely a risky option going for, for Daniel Jones, but he's got that rush in. He's hopefully going to get better weapons. He's got a great coach and staff behind him if he stays with the Giants. So it could potentially be worth the risk. But um, yeah, I'm still going to say I'm not 100% in on him, but I do hope that he comes back and can can do what he did this past year. Yeah, you certainly want some exposure to Daniel Jones because I think the ceiling is certainly there. If if he stays in New York, I think I would worry slightly if he priced himself out of a move. I can't see it happening, but the figures thrown around are a little bit scary, $35 million plus a year demanding that big contract. And, you know, perhaps he feels like he's earned it, got got the team to the, to the playoffs. But I think you, you're right there, Matt, in the fact that I think coaching had a hell of a lot to do with it. Um, when you look at what he's managed to do, Dable, in this this one season. See, I think I think you're right, Kev. I think you have to put him in in that Dak to a Lance range. If if he is to stay on the, the Giants, surely they're gonna get um get him a wide receiver, get him some get him some help. 
Um, and hopefully Saquon stays there as well. And if the team are back together and if he's got slightly upgraded weapons on, on last year, then then the, the sky's the limit, really. He can he can be a top six or seven quarterback again as he was for, for, a, for a long time this year. So um, I think you need to take the leap of faith, as, as you've both mentioned. And, and yeah, I think it... It could pay off big time if he if he's to remain on the on the Giants. I'll move on to, to your next pick, Matt. Um, and a wide receiver for for not the Giants, certainly the team that you, you hate the most in <laughs> the Cowboys, but an interesting guy in Dynasty. Yeah, obviously it's got to be CeeDee Lamb. If you mention the Cowboys, there's only one guy that's really stood out throughout the season, and that's CD Lamb. And um, just looking at what he's done in the, the postseason in a wildcard game against your Buccaneers. He had a pretty solid game, six targets, four receptions, 68 yards and a, and a touchdown. Then the divisional round against the 49ers, 13 targets, 10 receptions and 117 yards and averaging 19.5 fantasy points per game through those two games. So really impressive and kind of just carrying on what he's done all season long, to be honest, coming off his, his best season today, finished the wide receiver five average, 17.8 fantasy points per game. And even when Dak Prescott went down, I think a lot of people were concerned this is going to be a huge problem for CeeDee Lamb, but he kind of stepped forward and improved himself to be that elite option. And he basically carried the, the offense. We know that um, the, the players around him kind of took a step back. Uh, Dalton Schultz didn't do what he did the, the season before. He kind of took a step back. Michael Gallup, going back from the injury, couldn't really get going throughout the season. So it was kind of all on CD Lamb to, to be this offense, as I say, especially when when Dak Prescott went down and, and didn't disappoint. He's, he's had a, a great season throughout the year. When Dak came back, he continued looking looking great. And, and for that reason, he's taken a huge jump in, in value. He's currently the wide receiver three on, on keep trade cut. And it's hard to, to disagree with it, to be honest, that the targets he's getting, um, the, the role that he's got in, in this offense that is going to be a, a pass-heavy offense. Um, you can understand why his, his value is that high. I think looking ahead as well to to the additions that the Cowboys could make, I think they've got to make some kind of additions to to this receiving core. We've mentioned it a couple of times um, already on the show that the free agency class isn't strong at all. So um, you feel like there's there's not really anyone there that's going to make a huge impact if they they come over to, to Dallas apart from from Juju Smith-Schuster who we've, we spoke about. So then it's kind of on the, the rookies and they're in that range, aren't they, where they can definitely go for one of these top rookies there. I think they've got to pick 28 that range so um they've definitely got a shot at getting a, one of these wide receivers um towards the back end of, of the first round and if they do that then obviously that's great it's going to be great for, for Dak Prescott getting a, an elite wide receiver but at the same time it is going to be a rookie wide receiver we can't expect immediate production I know we've been blessed these last few years of wide receivers coming in and being instant impacts but at the same time, you definitely get those cases where they can maybe take a year or two to, to adjust to the NFL. So I feel like CD Lamb is going to still continue to be a, a huge part of the offense going into to next season. And while the value is obviously quite high at wide receiver three, I think that's a fair value. Would I be paying it? Maybe not. Maybe I'd be looking to, to pivot down. I think there's a few guys. Obviously, we know that the top two, Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase, is, is not at that level for me. He's, he's not close to that level, to be honest. Um, but I think he's definitely in that tier two. And I think... I personally be looking to, to move down in that tier. He's obviously the top guy in that tier. I'd be looking to to move down and get a, a piece on top. But you've you've got to praise him for for what he's done this year. And yeah, I think next year it, it continues. Yeah, you just read my mind exactly what I was going to say, Matt. In wide receiver three, he is my wide receiver three in dynasty. I think he deserves to be there. But he's just he he doesn't have the ceiling that that the Jefferson and the Chase does. I just feel like. On any given week, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase can put up 40 fantasy points. 
And I just don't see that in the possibilities for CD Lamb to, to win you a game. He's just someone that is going to dominate the targets and have a 100-yard game and maybe get to 25 points. But he's just not got that ceiling. So for me, the only way is down from wide receiver three. I know he's given his age. I think he's in a fantastic position. He deserves to be there. But I just think the move to make is to pivot down to a, a Garrett Wilson, someone like that, someone one, you know, someone in that age range again. But to get a piece on top, um, I think is the move to make for me. Um, but yeah, I can't knock what he's done. For me, his stats in the playoff have been have been pretty amazing. He's he's helped carry that offense. Um, and then there's question marks on obviously Dalton Schultz this off season. Um, that that Dallas offensive unit, especially with the running backs, could look completely different come next season. So, I mean, C.D. Lamb's going to be integral part of that offense. He's going to be have a massive target share again next year. But I just think I would pivot down right now and, and pick up some value. Yeah, he's, he's had a great season. He's really stepped up and become an alpha in terms of target share. Um, you've got to be really happy if you've got CD, but I've got to admit, when I try and acquire CD in leagues, he is Trent like a Jefferson, like a Jason. He, he's not there. Um, if I was having a game of musical chairs with M3 and there's two chairs, he, he's never going to win. They're experts <laughs> at that. He's got absolutely no chance. So um, we'd have to see more pro- progress from him. Uh, yards and touchdown wise to to be considered in that range. I just I never I never have any success getting Lamb. So um, so yeah, I think he's great, but he's not someone I'd be get who you can pay value and, and get him at a value. You have to overpay. And what's the point when there's ten guys in that tier? Yeah. Yep, agreed. And we'll move on to to another guy that's in a. Similar situation to CD Lamb, a guy that you may have to overpay for right now, and it's uh, it's Debo Samuel, see the 49ers wide receiver, um, and someone this time last off last off season I was really high, and the fact he's just coming off a I think it's wide receiver three finish, um, looked brilliant, especially them them rushing touchdowns as well. He was really a uh, um, used all over the place for the 49ers. Um, and this time he's certainly nowhere near that wide receiver 18 on keep trade cut. And again, it's just been a stop start season for Debo Samuel. Some games he looks brilliant and you want them to use him more, um, but they're, they're not doing it. And the ceiling for me isn't just, it's just not there for Debo Samuel anymore. Um, despite that, he did have a decent playoffs. He was second in yardage behind only Jamar Chase in terms of wide receivers. He had over double the yardage, the targets and the receptions than Brandon Ayuk. Um, but then just looking at the season as a whole, Brandon Ike had a better season. Wide receiver 15 to Debo's wide receiver 38. So it was a really disappointing season for Debo. Obviously, he was injured for a couple of games. Um, although the points per game w- were very similar. So 13.4 for Brandon Ayuk and 13.0 for, for Debo Samuel. So almost 50-50, really. And I think it was just a combination of the, the 49ers finally having all their weapons healthy for pretty much all the season. I think Kittle missed a couple of games. Ayuk was healthy throughout. And then obviously the trade for, for Christian McCaffrey is going to take a lot of the, the pass work as well. So um, all of them, I think, don't have the same ceiling, although George Kittle certainly pushed on with with uh, Brock Purdy towards the end of the season. Um, but it certainly limits Debo Samuel's ceiling for me going forward. Um, so keep trade cut. The, the wide receiver 18 ranking right now, I think it's it's probably fair. I, I can see him getting slightly ahead of that, but um, with with his age, with with Brandon Ayuk coming on uh, second half of the season, and George Kittle as well, and where Christian McCaffrey is right now, um, the targets aren't going to funnel through Debo Samuel like they did last season. Um, so, 
it, it's really interesting because Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are ranked really closely now on keep trade cut. So is it is a case of which one do you prefer going forward? Um, obviously, if if you do own Debo Samuel right now, you're you're hopeful that it's Brock Purdy the quarterback going forward as opposed to Trey Lance, it's just because of the the passing prowess of of Purdy compared to the rushing prowess of of Trey Lance. Um, although when you look at Brock Purdy's stats, only one of the 15 touchdowns that he threw this season went to Debo Samuel. A lot of them went to George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. So. So there's that. So just a question for you two, which one would do you prefer to own in, in Dynasty right now? Because Brandon Oak, I think he's like two or three places below Debo Sammy right now. So it is it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean it, it's eye up for me. I think with Debo, um just with McCaffrey being there, like you're not getting Debo on these um sort of you don't really want him rushing, but then again when he does, he looks amazing, he gets the rushing touchdowns, etc. I just feel that whichever QB is in this offense, it's not great for Debo. If it's Lance, the pass volume's down. If it's Purdy, then it, I think it's better for the pass receiving weapons, but he had an amazing connection with Kittle. McCaffrey's going to get his. Ayuk's trending in the right direction. I think it's probably Ayuk pretty convincingly over Debo, just based as well, that in your leagues, there's going to be a lot more teams that are comfortable in wanting Ayuk than someone in Debo that has had injuries um, and I, I I see him being a big loser of the, the McCaffrey uh, trade Yeah, pains to say it but again I, I agree with Kev, I think it's, it's Brandon Ayuk, somebody that I've, I've liked for a long time, so since he came as a rookie or somebody that I've been high on, it's been funny that after that rookie season I kind of switched to, to Debo and now I'm kind of switching back again to, to Ayuk, I think like Kev mentioned I think in both situations um, Debo Samuel is probably going to see maybe more volume if, if Purdy is the, the quarterback Kev mentioned that the options that they've got in those short targets the, the, there's plenty of options there for Purdy so I feel like that the floor is not really there because it could easily be a, a Kittle game it could easily be a, um, a McCaffrey game and, and Debo kind of misses out so um, I think even if Purdy is the quarterback I wouldn't say it means it's safe to have to have Debo Samuel, but I think Trey Lance and, and I what they've what they could do together. We we know the cannon of an arm that Lance has got. While he might not pass a, a ton, I think that the ceiling could definitely be there with Ayuk and, and what Trey Lance can do when he's the, the starting quarterback. So um yeah, I think personally Arlene Ayuk, what he's done the the back end of, of this year and what he can do moving forward with either quarterback um is is far more appealing. Obviously a young grasset as well than than Debo. And I and I still worry about Debo being used like I've mentioned as that Russian receiver is, is kind of susceptible to to injuries a little bit more. And while I'm never going to say that that you can you can kind of predict injuries because you can't, I just feel like that kind of usage and, and what we've seen in, in the years gone by with with Debo kind of leans me to, to being a little bit concerned. So yeah, I got you, but Debo's been been awesome in what he can do with the ball. Yeah, perhaps it's a, a decent move to to trade down and pick up a little mm-hmm. bit of trade capital with moving to Ayuk. So with that, that brings us to the end of tonight's show where we've reviewed the standout players from this year's NFL playoffs and then how to approach them in Dynasty. So thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on on Twitter and subscribe to us on YouTube at Fantasy Wildcard. And then join us every Tuesday for the podcast and the stream of the show. So thank you once again. Have a good one. And we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.